Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you for joining me. Today I have on Salem Afawerki. She is a lead GA and an ENVSP and an Eco Districts AP. She's also the Energy and Sustainability Services Manager at the City of Costa Mesa. She's passionate about climate action, renewable energy technologies, and community empowerment, and is responsible for developing and implementing all citywide sustainability programs and initiatives that build a safe, resilient, livable, and inclusive city for all residents. Her goal is to make Costa Mesa a leader in sustainability and is committed to working with diverse stakeholders to make that happen. Welcome, Salem. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to join you today. So this bio hardly scratches the surface of why I want you on here. You're such an impressive professional. So before we get into sustainability and all my questions around sustainability, I'm curious how you got started in this industry. What's your story? Sure. So a lot of people think that the sustainability journey, how you get there is a one way straight way to get there. But maybe from so my journey, how I ended up here is I did my undergrad in communication and political science. And then my first job after school was uh, working for the United Nations in peacekeeping, originally from Eritrea, Ethiopia, that's East Africa. So there was a border conflict and that's where I started working. I studied communication, so it was a good fit. Then I ended up, long story how I ended up moving to Chile, but I moved to South America and Chile there, I realized that my studies both communication or political science, what I studied for my undergrad was not very relevant because I didn't speak Spanish at that time. Mm. The context is very different. So I realized with time that I needed to study something else. So I went from the social sciences, which was communication and political science to more on the natural sciences side. And I did my master's in environmental management and renewable energy sources. And then that led to working for the big four auditing firms, KPMG and their sustainability and climate change services that led to AEC firms, starting my own consulting firm, then now with the city. So I hope this summarizes it. Yeah, (laughs) many things have happened, but this would be like a short summary, I would say. One thing I will point out from what we've discussed in the past is that you were actually in marketing in an AEC firm. So you know roughly the premise of a lot of the episodes that are the people that I've had on before, which I thought was also fascinating. But you did mention this, how people get into sustainability work, that there's not one path. So what are the different paths people take to get into sustainability? Definitely. I have seen many that come from the social sciences, say, for example, communication political science majors, even international relation or international studies. Uh, people do that first. I have seen many that come from the social sciences and move to sustainability with time. I think starting with social sciences generally might be an advantage because you learn the communication skills, that being able to understand the bigger picture, 
getting the word across, you know, those things that you learn and if you are from social sciences background. But I also know a few people that came from the natural sciences as well. So environmental science, biology, chemistry, environmental planning, you know, from the natural sciences side that ended up being sustainability practitioners down the line. And then I only, I have met handful, especially lately, also people that are business majors Mm. that are also now, maybe they specialize in either in sustainable investing or ESG or responsible investment. It's more on the money side and more likely they, those guys generally ended up in the private sector in the private sector, but I'm seeing that too. So I think sustainability is becoming what we do now. It's not nice to have or. It's one way or the other, it leads you there. So the, the more diverse background understanding you have, the better professional you be with time. Obviously, once you have experience. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so then sustainability is a really big topic. How do you explain what sustainability means? That is a very big question, and I wish I could give you one answer saying this is... <laughs> means because it means different things to different people I think we even start when I was with consulting and even with city now um, with the city of Costa Mesa we ask people what sustainability means to them we recently for the earth day this year's earth day we made a short video I'm happy to share the video link to you so that you can share it with our audience with your audience please Um, so it is asking them what sustainability means to them. And everybody had different definitions. Some people focus more on the environmental aspect of things. Some people on the social side, how it mm. brings inclusive, you know, like inclusion, equity, more on the social focus side. And then some people on the economic side, meaning uh, better jobs, green jobs, all at the end of the day that enhance quality of life. So people have different definition, but ideally, obviously, sustainability would be a combination of those three, environmental, social, and economic aspect. But everybody define it in their own way most of the time. And then to be able to connect and to make a difference in general, like if you work in the sustainability space, is trying to understand what your audience's understanding and priorities are and build on it. For example, if it is in a private sector, you would probably would be return on investment because it's a business. They're in, in the business of making money, obviously, in exchange right. for service or goods. So a return on investment or the financial aspect is very important, obviously, in addition to additional benefit it may have. But for example, if you look at a public side, the first top thing would be community because we are public servants. Safety, health, public well-being, public health, all those things are very important. It comes on almost a priority. So just understanding who you serve, whether as a consultant, as a marketer, or as a public sector employee, and then shaping your message and your services around it so that you could be successful in the space. Perfect. So as a professional in this space, how do you see us able to integrate sustainability into our work in a way that will help us win work? So here would be probably like what I mentioned earlier, understanding your client. Let's say that you're putting a proposal together for an agency and then go through their website or somewhere where if they have a sustainability priority, try to understand what that is. 
on their website? Do they have an annual report and things like that to see? Remember what we were saying, sustainability is so broad and it could be defined in multiple ways mm-hmm. that understanding what the client wants. There are agencies or cities, for example, that mainly focus on the energy side, whether it's energy efficiency or renewables or that's the big thing. Maybe there might be others that are focused on electrification of transportation. This includes electric vehicles, EV charging stations, or waste or water, depending Mm -hmm. what their core business or core function is and where they're trying to go. So the more you connect what you do with how it helps the client meet their goals, the more successful you're going to be. Perfect. And so how do we then help our clients move to more sustainable practices? What do those conversations sound like? So obviously first is starting a little bit, you know, you do your homework, try to see anything you can find, whether it's online or, or something to have a better understanding of the client. Mm-hmm. And then definitely once with that as a base, then having those conversations to see what is their priority, where are they heading and how you as a, as a professional can help them meet that goal. And then obviously there are many drivers in the space between the state requirements, what the community wants, what the, if it is public sector as the client, for example, maybe what the council or mayor wants. So just letting them know that change is going to be very hard, won't happen quickly either, you know? Right. Uh, Yeah. And knowing definitely what their sustainability goals and priorities and then what you bring. So you know what they want, but what is that you have to offer us in? Sure. Yeah. Perfect. So out of curiosity, you mentioned these sustainability goals. Where are they coming from? Is the push coming from people who live in the city or in the county, or is it coming from laws and regulations? Definitely. So I can talk about, like, the example I'm going to give you is mainly on from the public sector side, for example, mm-hmm. the Costa Mesa case. So as a state, state of California has very aggressive goals, as probably many people may know, between greenhouse gas reduction, how many EVs we want to have by 2030, 2045. We have very aggressive goals, which are really great in a way because it sends a signal to the market, especially the private sector, to invest in the technologies, to it gives them the the green light needed. For example, if you have a company that produces EV charging stations, if they see that um, the state has a goal, very aggressive goal by 2030, for example, 2045, to expand the EV infrastructure, then it's a good sign for that business to invest more mm-hmm. so that they can help the state meet and then therefore they will have a market to set their product. So it's really good to have those aggressive and forward-looking goals. Now the problem is that has to be implemented on a local level to meet the goal we have to implement it. So definitely most of the drivers, especially for public sector to start with, they're coming from the state. We want, we have to be like this by 2030. So we have to go from goal setting to the implementation side. So you have that one. So it's more like top down, but then we have to figure out how we're going to do it. How are we going to pay for it? What are the resources we need? Is the technology here? All those things you try to figure out locally how to meet it. So the state has that goal, but we're not told in detail how to implement it. It's just the goal the state has. So hopefully collectively we will meet it by 2045, for example. So locally we have to figure out how to do that. So that is one driver 
at least in the state, we are lucky to have that. And then you also have local priorities, whether it's the mayor, the council, that may be, for example, if you look at the city of LA or greater LA area too, you have may the mayor and a lot of people that are very vocal and supportive of sustainability and climate change related work, including resilience, equity, all those things. So though there could be local drivers like that too, that moves it apart from the state Perfect. driven. So you're still both top driven and then grassroots also. You may have community members um, that are asking for this. Um, so it's a combination of different sources where it comes from. Okay, that makes sense. Are there any upcoming regulations that you see coming down the pipeline or is there funding you see coming in the future that will maybe push these sustainability goals even further or even introduce perhaps new sustainability goals? Definitely most of the general goals are already set, I would say by the state. So they're in from the energy side, transportation, waste. But one big thing that comes to mind at least this year that's going to be very important for many agencies like us or cities like us is on waste. It's called SB 1383. It is a requirement for organic waste reduction. At the moment, maybe, I don't know about uh, your case at home, but here I only have two bins, two trash bins. One is for recyclable and then one is just for normal trash. Mm -hmm. um, so this new requirement would ask us to have a third bin where we're gonna have the organic waste. This is like food, banana peels, and you know, the organic waste would have to be separated at source. At the moment, we're not doing that. So there's gonna be a big change needed between the behavior because we just mix trash at the moment. We don't source separate it. At home, sure. we don't. Someone else does it somewhere else. So the, the reason why the state is pushing for this is because as a state, we're doing well in terms of our greenhouse gases reduction pathway. Uh, if we keep on doing well, we're, we're on track at least, which is on CO2 reduction. But on methane, that's another source of climate change, we're not doing well. So methane, the main source of that is organic waste. Okay. So food, everything is ending up in landfills now. And landfills are becoming a home for organic waste, which converts into methane. So what Got the it. state is trying to do is do whatever they can so that the organic waste does not end up in landfills. Perfect. Okay, that makes sense. That's an exciting change. I mean, like is, you said, it's a tough one, but very cool that it's happening. Exactly. So here is where you're going to need the social skills, for example, to be able to educate and bring people on board with this behavioral change, you know, you're going to need that, the social side of sustainability we're talking about. Then you're also going to need the technical side too here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So wrapping this up, what are you most excited about seeing with sustainability? So because of COVID, there was a slowdown, right? So we didn't know which way things would go and generally sustainability and environmental services or projects always take the back burner right when right. economic crisis come that's the first thing that gets eliminated so there was honestly a fear on what it would mean you know post-covid or what is going to happen but surprisingly it's the opposite i've never seen so many job openings in sustainability before this includes oh. from public sector side because now we have to implement a lot of goals on a local level 
but at the same time, the private sector too. AEC firms are investing and bringing skill set, you know, skilled professionals on board, developing sure. different capabilities in that space. Even big private private companies, I'm talking about like, for example, Nike or Google, those 100% private companies too, they are also setting goals like net zero goals or whether it's on energy or waste or or things like that. So one thing is to set goal, then you have to implement it. To implement it, you have to have staff or at least consultants to help you meet those goals, which is very exciting for me because I've been in this space for some time and finding or even being able to see sustainability related jobs on LinkedIn does not come easy. You have to search a lot and keep an eye out. Now there's so many of them, which is amazing. I think that's one thing that's very exciting too, is also because of COVID, I think there might be um, a general awareness or a wake up call of some sort where people are saying that way planetary health is directly linked to human health. Our planet, our environment, if where we live is okay, then we're gonna be okay. I think that also is, I think another driver why we're saying we need to do something. If COVID has this impact, imagine what would happen with climate change or, or other bigger, more complex problems. So I think that there's that wake-up call too. Right. And one of the things that I found so remarkable about COVID in general is it forced people to go out to their local parks and to go on hikes. I've never seen our hiking trails so busy. So you do have sort of more awareness about the outdoors and, you know, protected parks in general, because people were forced to sort of go out into nature because they couldn't do anything else. Exactly. Yeah. And at the same time, things we took for granted, even the social life, seeing friends, family, being able to be outdoors, go to concerts, things that we did. Just depends if you have the money for it or not, but if not, you just go do it. But those things were not were taken away from us for some time. Then you value it more, you appreciate it more. And then also it shows, like, for example, as a city for us, it makes us realize that, okay, in some communities, talking about the open spaces you were mentioning, yeah. um, there's whole equity and inclusion. There are communities that don't even have access to open space, especially okay. in low-income communities. So it also made us realize that, okay, we need to do a better work on how do we when we develop these programs, whether they're projects or initiatives, how do we prioritize the location when choosing location, if possible, for right. those that need the most? Pe- put, I guess, put people in center first. Right. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much. This conversation was so enlightening. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thanks. All right, Marketeers, that's a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Salem all about sustainability and what that looks like at a city level. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every other Wednesday. Chat soon.